Vibes and Wine, a podcast with a close group of friends discussing everything from finances to sex, while tasting different wines from across the country. While we are not wine experts, we love a good bottle and a good conversation, so grab a glass and join us. What up, I'm D. I'm Jenny. I'm Mary. And I'm Toya, and this is Black Vibes and Wine. Black Vibes and Wine. <laughs> it's been a minute, ladies. We have I been on like um, a little a break. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was the word? Hiatus? Yeah, because I couldn't say hiatus. <laughs> oh, man. man. Today's going to be a, an impactful episode um, because um, we're going to talk about black women and their mental health but first Mm -hmm. we gotta taste our wine for the evening so what you ladies want to do first okay wait but who's it from Okay, well, this is from Godly Wines. Godly Wines is based out of Kansas City. And it's fine wine. Yes, ma'am. And ladies and gentlemen. Um, So this young lady, she is, um, she's awesome. She decided to do her own um, wine line here in Kansas City. And she's been doing actually incredibly well in the city so um props to her and give the shout out miss godly wines okay exactly. ladies so let's so let's try the the red one first okay. red. why do you always gotta start with the red because she don't want to like it so she this is true is- the, what did i tell you yesterday <laughs> okay so we're gonna try the red what's it called does she have names for the flavors um, no, it just I think it's just the red red wine. Yeah, it, red. Just, it just says a uh, fine wine on the bottle. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Fine red wine. That's mm-hmm. that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, ladies. Here we go. Oh, that's that's dry. That's Jenny dry. Yeah, that is that is Jenny dry. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of it kind of got mm-hmm. a little a little just a tad bit sweet. So it ain't like dry dry. I'm gonna say it's not it's not as dry as I was gonna think it is. It ain't it ain't for me, but it's not as dry as I thought. Yeah. It don't make my face hurt. Yeah. My face hurt. <laughs> I, said, I feel like I don't have no saliva in my mouth. That's how dry it is. Really? Cause I cause I had some dry I had some dry wines before. And this is really it's really good. It's not bad. Mm. The flavor is not bad. It's the uh, the dryness. Yeah, you guys, you guys don't like dry wine, so Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, we don't have adult palates like you, Jen. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jen told us a long time ago to get adult palates. Please get my my friends, my friends. Please get adult palates. Okay, this is like drinking chameleon juice. Chameleon juice. Chameleon, you know, chameleon. You know, you know like chameleon when you take when you take, you know, your right. your, uh, wine is chameleon juice. The I'm talk- the no, I'm just talking about like sweet wine. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about sweet wine. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's try the white. Okay. Oh, I smelled that as I was drinking, and I was like, yes. This is yeah. This is yeah. It. See, I didn't want to say anything because when I picked up the wine, she had a free wine pouch. Mm. So I have already tried the white wine and it's um, it was amazing. Like I wanted some more. I like this. Yes, this her white wine is amazing. And I need this wine because of the day that it is. Mm -hmm. mm. I need her to come up with some names. Yes, this is delicious. I like the white. Yeah. Like, you know, say what's in it, but D, I should have took that. I should have took the red bottle, the red wine. You should have. You can come and get it. I come white? And get it. Well, ain't that sold of? in stores? Uh, no, it's not sold in stores just yet. Uh, you have to, she does pop up shops, I believe. Um, and so she does um different events. She has like basically different events. You can go on her website or reach out to her and order the wine. Um, her okay. name is Shay, and her handle on Instagram is Godly Fine Wines. Um, and she will she's really quick with responding. And if you want to order some, you can. And but she's yep, her wine is good. I like her. Miss Shay, yeah. uh, we got to support our very hey own, Shay, hey Shay, hey Shay girl. We got to get you on the podcast. <laughs> got to get you on the podcast. So, Congrats but um, we always have to support our black mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and more are black women entrepreneurs, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and she's out there doing her thing in the city. Okay, Godly Wise, we Godly see Godly Wise, Miss Shay. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to keep it on that tonight. Yeah. yeah. Okay, ladies, so black women in mental health. Yeah. So I'm going to start with first with, woo, today has been a day. Oh, you know what? <laughs> it's been a month and it's only the fourth. <laughs> It's today has been the day. Um, so what today is, everyone, um, depending on um, when we will drop the podcast, uh, today's the day after the presidential election. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, they have not declared a winner. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so with me, with um, today, with my mental health, I'm not going to lie. I said I was going to tune out, not watch or not do anything with it. But I was on it all day. I didn't even work today. I had CNN up, MSNBC up, and Fox up because I needed to see what was going on because I didn't want to be surprised. And I didn't want Facebook to tell me. I wanted to know myself. See, and I'm the opposite because I wanted Facebook to tell me. I wanted to be able to wake up. <laughs> I wanted to wake up and just come. like, okay, that's who's present. Because me... Completely tuned it out. And I did too. Like, we had text messages and I would like... I, had, I turned my phone on. First of all, I turned my phone on silent starting six o'clock yesterday evening. Mm -hmm. um, and then I took my Tylenol PM because I was trying to study and it was, it just wasn't working because I, my phone, I was just like, okay, so much is on my mind. So I took a Tylenol PM to be able to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I slept a little bit and then I woke up this morning and I was like, I don't want to turn TV on. I don't want to turn social media on. I don't want any updates. All I want to know, my friends will tell me who the president is when I'm ready <laughs> to find out. I don't, I, so I got on social media, I think about an hour, two hours ago, and I was like, I should not have gotten on here. Like, my head is spinning. Yeah. See, I've been on social media, but see, I've kind of like weeded out the drama. So I don't really see anything about the election, which is probably good for me. Yeah. I've, so I've, I've been able to tune it out all day. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, all I do is sit behind a computer all day. Yeah. And you know, I don't do nothing anyway, so I just sit there. <laughs> and maybe I'm glad. <laughs> maybe that is the I'm, reason I have been able to tune it out because I am behind the computer. But mm-hmm. right now, it's financials for me. So I'm working on getting people's, you know, books and stuff cleaned up for the month of October. So I was pretty busy today. Maybe, and that helped. Jennifer, don't tell your boss that you have a podcast. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, they ain't gonna. They ain't gonna. She don't even know how to get on the podcast. <laughs> really, really, I don't talk about you know like things that I'm doing outside of work. Besides, like, oh, I'm going out of town, or yeah. I got this going on. Because I barely tell people, you know, about the journal at work. I told them the same day it dropped. You know, yeah. so mm-mm. if it ain't me going out of town, then then they don't know. Yeah. Speaking of that, people around you. So I was talking to Reese today about, um, I saw a post today that said, I don't care who you vote for, as long as you're respectful, you always have a seat at my table. And I was, and at first I was like, you know what, maybe I should think that. But then like five seconds later, I was like, oh, hell no. Because who you vote for literally aligns with your morals. And so you're aligning yourself with someone who's putting families in cages, who has literally disrespected the mentally ill. Like you, you are aligning yourself with somebody who's only about himself. So I don't want to be associated with that. And so then I was thinking to myself, okay, so what about my non-melanated friends? Have any of my non-melanated friends, regardless of who they're voting for, reached out to me to see how I'm doing? And they haven't. The only person that's reached out to me is a client of ours. And she was like, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to lie. My anxiety is on a million. My, I got the bubble guts. And I'm, I'm like stressed beyond belief. And she was like, that is it's unfortunate because she said, you are probably stressing on things because of this election. And I'm stressing on the election. There's mm-hmm. a difference. And people don't realize there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, how do y'all, have y'all had friends who don't look like us reach out to y'all to check on your mental health? No, the only, the only time that I had them come out and it was just my, um, coworker, coworkers. This is when George Floyd passed, you know, got killed. I'm not going to say passed away, but he got murdered Mm -hmm. and, um, they, came and sat down at my desk and was just like, how are you feeling? I was like, this is stressful. I'm like, this shit mm-hmm. is stressful. Mm-hmm. And I know that I did not know George Floyd personally, mm-hmm. but just to see another black human being be murdered by mm-hmm. a police officer who mm-hmm. is supposed to protect and serve us, it's, it's tiring, mm-hmm. you know? And my mental health, actually my mental health from let's say March to now has been crazy one with COVID mm-hmm. two working in healthcare mm-hmm. and then three we see these people these cops just murdering over and over and over again and it started with Amar, Armad um, Aubrey, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. then we see the video with uh, George Floyd mm-hmm. and then a few days later or a few um, uh, months later or before, I'm not sure how it is, but yeah. Brianna Taylor. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how come 
we don't matter. So with with my coworkers, they asked, they were like, you know, so how do you feel? I was like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And I literally had to tell them that, and I hate to say this, but like, I'm not fear, fearful as much anymore because my brother is no longer here. Mm-hmm. And that's the shame. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a shame that I, I thought about that. So with mental health, it's crazy because, yeah. you know, we're supposed to be the strong black woman, mm-hmm. you know, but when people see us cry or see us break down, they're like, oh, whoa, we don't want to touch that because you're the strong one. Mm-hmm. So it's just oh, they it's, call us dramatic or, or that college dramatic or we can't we got to bottle it up because of the fact that we don't want to be considered the angry black woman we don't want to be considered you know oh my gosh here she go on a rampage and i'm like i'm just expressing my feelings it's okay for you to but i'm just expressing my feelings yeah i am when my brother passed so uh, me being the oldest when he passed it was just like I didn't even have time to process my feelings because I had everybody coming to me and I'm having to be like, okay, you'll be okay. Or he'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Like, and so then when I, when you started talking to me about your journal, I was like, that'll be my opportunity to release what I've been holding in because for the last three years, I've had to hold my feelings in to protect everybody else around me. And so there are times when I was like, even currently. So I don't cry in front of anybody because I don't want to be a trigger for anybody. Mm-hmm. I'll cry in my car. I'll scream in my car. Mm-hmm. Because one, I have kids at home and my son, that was like, that was his homie. So it's right. like, I can't cry in front of him because I don't want to trigger him. And I can't cry in front of my dad and my stepmom because that's their son. And I can't mm-hmm. cry in front of my other siblings or go to them and vent because then it'll bring something up in them. So it's just like, People don't realize as a black woman, especially those of us who are like the elders in our family, Mm -hmm. there are so much that we have to hold on to. And we cry in the privacy of ourselves because we can't, we have to be that strong front Mm -hmm. for you. And especially now with everything that's going on with our black males, who do we get to go to, to be like, okay, I need a release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And and that's how that's how I felt when my brother passed away. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, when he that first day when he passed away, it was like, okay, you can cry, mm-hmm. cry it out. But as soon as they came and got his body, it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. it's time, it's time for you to get to work because now you got to plan the funeral. You yeah, know, now you can, do? Mm-hmm. everybody calling you, everybody like, calling you after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what day are y'all going to have the funeral? It's like, dude, he literally just left the house. Uh-huh. I have no idea. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, I mean, you you literally don't have time to process. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, I just. No, Mary, no, no. We having a conversation. We're conversing. <laughs> you are good. I feel like Jump that was in. the most frustrating part for me is that exactly what y'all are saying. Like, you don't have the chance to, you don't have the chance to grieve. Mm-mm. Like when? Do, when do you have the chance to grieve? When? When? Oh. Because even even at you know T's funeral, I mean, it was just like go, go, go. You got to go to the cemetery. You got to figure out what plot you got to put him in. Then you got to go to the funeral home. You got to pick out the casket, the flowers. Who's gonna ride in the family car? You know, it's just it's just so much. It's just so much stuff. And then mm. when you get to the funeral, it's just like for me personally, I was still in shock. 
but then I had to be okay for my mom because I didn't want to be, yeah, you had to be okay for everybody else. I didn't want to be this basket case, you Mm -hmm. know, at the funeral. And then I look back like, dang, I should have, because that was the moment. That was the last time that I saw my brother's face. Mm -hmm. And because I felt that I don't want to, you know, go crazy or not saying I was going to go crazy or I had to make sure my mom was okay because who am I? That's my bro. That's, that's her son that she, that she's burying. Who am I? You know? And so it's just, it's just as being the, the old, not even the oldest one, but the one who bears the responsibility in, in your family. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I'm three years, almost four years in. No, I am four years in. Yeah, you four no, I'm years. Three. I'm three years no, in. You, no, you're four. Three. No, you're four because T will be four in Oh, January. yeah, I'm four years in because it was mm-hmm. July 4th, 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm four years mm-hmm. in, and I feel like I still haven't grieved. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I was at a Big 12 event last year, and my own employer, she was like, she asked me about my bracelet because for those of you who don't know, I have my brother's. Um, date of birth and date of death on a bracelet on my arm and I was telling her about it and she was like oh you're only 400 and some something some days past his death and I was just like I never, looked, I never looked at it like that she was like yeah she was like people don't realize you grieve the rest of your life mm-hmm. like there's no deadline to be over mm-hmm. somebody's death and she I was like you know what I never thought about it like that because I was always like okay you know what it's been three years should I be over it am I dragging this on but she was like no Mm-mm. no no she, like, like an addict has they are in recovery for the rest of their life you are in the process of grieving for the rest of your life because you're always going to have moments or memories that pop up Every single day that you're like, oh, if my brother was here or oh, if my loved one was here. So, no, I was like, you know what? Thanks. And I've never had anybody approach me and say that. That you, oh, you're 423 Mm. days in. I was just like. I've never had that before either. Wow. So, yeah. I can't. I can't. um, All three of y'all have lost a brother. Mm -hmm. I have not lost my sibling. So, it's. My heart goes out to y'all, but I I can't imagine what y'all go through. Like, yeah. but you it. lost your grandpa though, so it's it's the same. Yeah, yeah just because just y'all because were super close too. Yeah, we were, we were, but it's 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 different when you have lost like a sibling, somebody that you grew up in the same household with. Like, it's a different type of loss. You know what I mean? Like, I grandparents, you you know it's coming at some point because they're mm-hmm. older. You know what's gonna happen, but like your mm-hmm. siblings, especially your younger siblings, you don't expect that to happen, and so mm-hmm. it, it just it hit different when they're. And so I get I, it. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what y'all go through. I just can't. I can't. I don't know what I do if I lost my sister. Like I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, don't think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, because it's because it's hard. Because for my family, I do know that T T was the. Um, he was the first one that, if this sounds right, passed away out of order. Yeah. 
if that makes if that makes yeah, it sense. Does. That makes sense. Because yeah, you know, because you know, my family is huge. Yeah. So you know, my grandparents passed away first. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You know, mm-hmm. not cool, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You know, it they was, passed. They passed away. Good. Yeah, right. passed away first, and then I had two uncles that passed away. Mm-hmm. And it was like for me, you know, that's okay. That's the order. But when T passed away, yeah. it was like. Wow, and it, sh- yeah. it shook it shook my family to the core. Like yeah. I remember, um, a couple of weeks ago, I went over to my uncle Larry and Charlotte's house, and we were just talking about family and talking about um someone who passed away in my um on Charlotte's family a long, 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 long time ago. Like I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. And then my uncle sat back and was just like, you know, he looked at me. He was like, I miss my nephew. You know, and I was like, Are you talking about T? And he was just like, Yeah. And he yeah. was like, I, I miss, I miss my nephew. He was like, he wasn't supposed to die yet. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you, you know, you're right. But, um, but I don't know, but grief is, grief is, grief is hard. Grief is challenging. And, um, you just like, I remember when I first went through it, I couldn't even say his name. I couldn't even speak. I couldn't, when people brought him up, it was like immediate tears because I'm like, I was supposed to protect him. Right. Right. You know, like he was my younger brother. Like I was, I was the one. He was supposed to bury me, you yeah. know. And I was, and I was supposed to protect him. And that's pretty much how, how I felt. Yeah. Or still feel, honestly. Mm. You know. Yeah. But I it, don't know. It, we just we don't realize like, oh, I think we realize, but I don't think people realize the. I don't know, how, like the effect that like so many things have on our mental psyche, because like I've lost family members. I've lost, you know, my grandma, who I still, you know, talk to um, my brother and stuff. But then it's just like that with everything that's going on in the world. I get it now why people have mental breakdown. Like at first. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't understand. I was like, "Why she acting like that?" Like, like years ago, when I was immature, 18, 19, 20 years old, I was like, "Okay, it's not that deep. Why she tripping like that?" Like, and you know, that's a stigma in the black community when we were younger. Anyway, like, oh, something wrong with them. Uh, she she got to see a therapist. Ooh, but now ooh, I ooh, get Lord. it. I that's... I get it. Like, okay, I see why because there's so much, even outside of being of the grieving process, just as a black person in general. Like I was thinking the other day, you know how nice it would be to be able to walk through my neighborhood, see my neighbors and wave and not even think about how they think of me as a black person. Like if I was white, I could walk through this neighborhood, wave and smile be like, oh, hey neighbor. But as a black woman walking through this neighborhood, it's like, oh shit, if I turn my back or they they attack me. Right. And then it was like for you guys living in um in the suburban area, all three, y'all. Yeah. You know, you always you always wonder like, okay, is the with the with white people in your neighborhood thinking that y'all like, okay, do they even belong here? Are you afraid mm-hmm. that you guys are gonna call the police, you know, on, on them because they don't they don't know. They don't know mm-hmm. if you because they don't have the ability to get to know their neighbors and there's black people living moving into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that fear. I had that fear when I first moved over here where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. But I, there's black people in my neighborhood. So I've discovered that my neighborhood is actually very cultured. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. I yeah, that's a, really good. Neighbors across the street are black. There's a couple down the street that's like uh, mixed. 
there's a uh, like a couple block over there's like a lesbian or a gay couple or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, my neighborhood is kind of kind of cultured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good because I know when I used to live in Midtown, it was nothing but diversity, and I loved it. I love yeah. Midtown. <laughs> oh my gosh, I miss that area so much. I love Midtown, but but yeah, but that's but that's one thing that you have to um that uh. Then you have to, that's another fear. And it's sad that y'all got to think about that in y'all neighborhoods. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, 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 it's sad. And then it pisses me off at times. Like, why in the hell I got to constantly think about my motherfucking surroundings when I'm out? I pay taxes on, like, you know, the orange man, but I'm. <laughs> I'm fearful of like, if I run into somebody, do they really like me? Do they like mm-hmm. black people? Mm-hmm. When nobody else has to worry about that. Mm-mm. You know what? Right. You know what, y'all? Speaking of that, my aunt, I talked to my aunt on my way to work to this morning. We we're talking about the election and stuff. And so she was like, You can't trust nobody. She uh-uh. was especially the people you work with because uh-uh. they ha ha and kiki in your face, but those are the same people that voted for Trump. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, You know what? <laughs> and I know they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then they got to the person, oh Jen, how's your day going? Mm, not good. And then like, oh and they be like, oh, okay. And they just they just galloping around the office like with no care in the world. And it's like yeah. yeah, and it's like they don't it's like they don't care. And so this one girl, so we have a we have a few minorities, maybe five <laughs> in the office of 30 people, you know. Um, and we were all in the the watering hole. Y'all know what the watering hole? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know Lion King where they all went to the watering hole. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was yeah, their gathering. Around the water oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gather around the water in cooler. The break, in the break room. In the break room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were all talking, and so uh, we were all talking about Trump and Biden and all this stuff. We were just like, "Oh God, just please pray," because you know they're two Hispanics and one is Muslim. And she was just like, "I just." especially the one that's Muslim, Susu, she was like, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. because she was like, even when he got elected, people were yelling at me because she wears a hijab, mm-hmm. you know, and she was just like, I don't know what I would, how safe I would be in this world if mm-hmm. Trump makes it to another four years. And what I'm mm-hmm. upset about is that a lot of white people, majority white people, I'm not going to say all, because mm-hmm. I do know a few personally that did vote for Biden, mm-hmm. but um, majority of the of white people, our Caucasian counterparts, they don't understand because they're looking at it as just, just another election and it's, and it's not. Like, and I, I feel like they're looking at it as Democrat and, and Republican. Republican. Mm-hmm. If this is a Republican, I have to vote for this Republican person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It does not matter if this person happens to be racist or a womanizer or liar or the yeah. list goes on and on and on. You know, that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, oh, he's a Republican, and he's this Republican. is the person I'm supposed to vote for. Yeah. That's because the thing that bothers me is that people don't realize, so just because you Republican or Democrat, don't mean you got to vote for mm-hmm. that party. If they don't mm-hmm. believe in the same things you believe in, mm-hmm. you don't got to vote for them. You then why vote for them? Yeah, but that's not the case. That's not the way they look that's at not it. the way it is I know. It's made to be. Mm-hmm. It's like you're a Democrat or a Republican, period. Mm-hmm. And this is who you saw for, period. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like, 
they are white counterparts get to look at it as just an election of Democrat Democrats and Republicans. We look at it as like, okay, what rights am I about to lose by putting this particular person in office? And I remember one time when the douchebag first got elected four years ago, people like in, in the place that I was working at, she goes, regardless of who wins, none of us in this room life is gonna be affected. I was like, uh uh mine is I'm literally the only black woman in your company. Yeah. Right. I'm literally the only black person in your company. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be greatly affected. And look at the shit now. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. greatly affected. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Right. And it's because they it's like they don't they don't they don't see it. They don't because it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. His comments, his standbys or stand stand back and stand by doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole build a wall doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. You know, his comments that he keeps saying and about anything doesn't affect it doesn't affect them. So they mm-hmm. don't see it. They don't care. Like, oh, he didn't say that. Oh, he just just ignore me. He literally told those people to go and get that lady from Michigan. Was yep. it the Michigan governor mm-hmm. or mayor, whoever it was? And he was like, yeah, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I mean, uh-huh. like played it off like, you know, it, it was nothing. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. If that, like that, that, you would be making a hit. You, you, you confiscating a hit, you know, on somebody. That's illegal shit. Yeah. <laughs> We got people who look like us going to jail for even fighting in the damn parking lot. This man, first of all, and rewind, how is it that his ass can tweet all damn day? Like he ain't running the country. And I can't even find five minutes to scroll Facebook in the middle of my work day. How are you running our country and you tweeting all the damn time? Uh-huh. I don't even get it. Uh-huh. And so I'm it's like stuff like that that affects our mental. I'm still trying to figure out how he got that lady in the Supreme Court justice with no Democratic votes. Because that's that's what happens. We got to vote. We got to vote. But we got to vote at our local level for our Senate and House of Representatives because the Senate Mm -hmm. got her in Mm -hmm. and because the Senate overrules, the Republican overrules the Democrat, Mm -hmm. then that's how she got in. Because the, the Senate had a, the Republican Senate had enough votes and they had majority of the votes. They got the majority of the seats. So they got the majority of the votes. And so my thing is, is that four years prior, when the other guy passed away, the Supreme Court justice, Obama was trying to get somebody in. Oh, and Obama was every name under me underneath the book baby mm-hmm. they were like oh how dare you do this on the, the same year you are you uh, are running for president how dare you do this how dare you do that but four years later all of a sudden it's okay yeah. no they did it he did it because he knows that it was going to be a, a freaking close race like it is now mm-hmm. and then the supreme court can be the ending factor of who's going to be president mm-hmm. point blank period mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just it's just a lot of just mental 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 shenanigans. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. Like people who don't look like us don't think about this shit. It's Mm-mm. like, it, but it affects us so. It affects us all the same. But because we are black, it it like the I don't know. It just it blows yeah. my mind. We you know, don't think about this shit. You know, we, we do. We need a we need a Freaky Friday moment. That's what mm. we. 
like in a love car country. I was like. I was like Freaky Friday. Like, what you talking about? What you talking about, Freaky Friday? Switch bodies. Freaky Friday. See, yeah, my mom went there. Friday, where Chris Brown and Little Dicky swap bodies mm-hmm. had to live each other's life for a day. Mm-hmm. So they can see, so they can see what it what it feels like for us. Mm-hmm. I want but somebody. Really want to switch bodies with them though. Yeah, I do. I want to see what it's like to be privileged. Well, I'll live vicariously through you because you know they don't they don't have no seasoning. You say they don't have no seasoning. They don't know how to cook. Yeah, they don't know how to cook. Are you are you really doing that on camera, Jen? <laughs> Why'd you bust me out on camera? And nobody, can, your pimple. Okay. nobody can nobody can see it. Y'all, I'm over here minding my own business and y'all sitting for busting me out. Y'all didn't bust you out. Didn't, and I just came along for the ride. I didn't, what you, I didn't say what you was doing. But what am I supposed to I mean like what D, I mean Toya did. <laughs> y'all get on my nerves. Let's talk about we talking about mental health, not what I'm doing off camera. But you on camera. To y'all, they can't see it. Our audience cannot see that. <laughs> I'm in tears. Okay. Man. But I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I will let y'all do that because I just. And then that thing where they don't wash their legs. What? Well, I guess it's just a day. If we just switch for a day. I yeah. feel like that's yeah, just a, just a day. Just but a day. okay, but okay, but with Trump, right? This weekend, and I'll say, I know I'm talking about Trump a lot, but my mental, he's, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. He didn't, he didn't took over. But, you know, like, the same president said, get him, in a tweet, when they literally stopped the Biden-Harris bus in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. He retweeted the video and said, get him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so never since I have voted for a president. My very first president was Clinton. Mm-hmm. Very first, remember, Mary, me, and you went to go vote at that church in Manhattan. Anyway, but my very first president was Clinton. And no, not, I have never seen rowdy people have Trump parade or parades for their candidate. Guns. Never, yeah and just like trump this the trump train and you know i've never seen it it always it's always actually has always been republican and democrat but now these people are taking it to a racist a racist thing like we're about to we're about to vote in a racist president and we know that he's racist he's he's giving us the green light to be racist and and let's let's go I was just thinking that, Jenny, I've never in all my years of living, even before I could vote, ever seen anybody have a parade for a fucking presidential candidate. I've Mm -mm. never. Mm -mm. These people are aggressive Mm -hmm. and they just downright like rude. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, uh, what the hell is going on? Like y'all, y'all got time to be standing on the highways and blocking traffic and shit. Y'all ain't got Mm -hmm. nothing else to do. Right. No. No. No, they all got they all got COVID nineteen. No, y'all, no y'all, tea. Y'all spent all, spend all this money on all these flags, and y'all can't reuse them. What y'all gonna do when he ain't president? Yep. <laughs> what y'all gonna do? What you gonna do with them flags? Okay, we gonna we gonna put them in a box. <laughs> we gonna burn them. 
Like I have a neighbor over here who has a big flag hanging in his living room window. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he got three little things sticking in his yard, and then he has another flag hanging from his porch. Yeah, you can say hillbilly. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be politically correct because I'll be mad if I Fuck listen to a podcast. I, just, I don't want to listen to a podcast and somebody say the n-word or them black well, because so, i hate the word blacks i yeah. hate when they say you know them blacks over there blacks i mean yeah. even i mean that's just me i'm just like wait 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 hey, hillbillies though okay it's, it's the snagging t- like that that tweet that video you sent of the dude that they were doing a press conference in nevada oh that was so funny and that dude in his camo shorts and beard something, yeah, something his, his, his mullet yeah that's a hillbilly that's simply yeah and if you offended as a trump supporter so what fuck you this ain't the podcast for you bitches stage left mm. what you say mary say that again period period say that at school that's I'm a savage. <laughs> she said something. I said, and then just say period at the end. She's like, well, what is that you said? I was like, okay, well then don't say anything. Just do the the hand signs. Be like, period, period. <laughs> I said, don't worry, you ain't gonna get in trouble. You good? You good? Mama, mama got your you back. Mama got oh, your back. Speaking of school, so Reese showed me a post for one of y'all mutual friends whose kid is in the USD 500. Like her Ooh. third grader was in class, their Zoom class, and the teacher was literally teaching them about Democrats and Republicans. But on everything she said about Democrats, it was something like, oh, he just wants to be president. Oh, they want the government to take care of them. But then she was like praising Trump and the Republicans. Yes. Who was this? Who's who? I don't know if I can Wait, who, who's who's type, type it, type it, type it type in the thing. She's uh-huh. in USD 500. Her daughter's in the third grade. And her she mm-hmm. was she just happened to sit in on her um her baby's class and saw all these slides. Like she took pictures and posted it to social media. And so she said she texted the teacher and she showed the chat. And the teacher was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't think it would be offensive. I didn't mean to cause anything." Bitch, you, you are literally showing slides that say Democrats want to be taken care of by the government. The Republicans want to make sure everybody has this, and the Republicans are this, and they're like just praising Republicans and just like make it seem like Democrats is like we just want one handout, one handout, basically. So and basically, then, um, then she talked about Trump. So basically, she was saying whites are better than blacks. That's what she was trying to say. Pretty and then she much. was saying that Trump, how he fought for this and how he was amazing at this, and he wants to make America great again. And then when she came to give him the biography of Biden, she was like, he just wants to be president. What? Yeah. First of all, wait. Yes. She said this in the school. And was she the only parent that said anything because i would have went the fuck off you hear me i was just like am i supposed to can i say the f word on this podcast yeah, it don't matter you already said it uh, okay you already but i as a parent i looked oh, at that girl, and, I and i'm like, not a parent i was like first of all what i don't need you to do is confuse my child about the, po- the politics. First of all, I, I Man, homeschools looks better and better each day. Right. And then secondly, 
Who in the fuck do you think you are to introduce this to my child without my permission? My baby got enough things to worry about. They do not need to worry about this presidential election. You're, give, you're adding stress to these kids. Now these kids are like, if they ever heard their parents talk about being a Democrat, they're probably thinking, oh, mommies must be bad. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I can guarantee that was not authorized by the school district. Well, I can tell you one thing. The kids in um, Zaria's class, they voted yesterday. They had like a mock voting. So what, so what was their... Yeah, I remember, I remember doing that in elementary. Yeah, so what did they do? What did they say? What was the majority of the class? Republican? Trump? Biden won in oh. ZZ's class. Oh, go ZZ! <laughs> I was but yeah. Mm. see my thing is see my thing is is that it's cool because i i learned of course we all learned you know about how many seats in the house is it how many seats in the senate i mean i wasn't Mm -hmm. paying attention but you know how many uh (laughs) you know the difference between republicans you know not a difference but this is the reason why we have two parties but not once did i ever remember them saying that i um that this one was better than the other yeah yeah uh-huh. you learned we yeah we learned about the three branches of the government the judiciary uh-huh. executive and you know uh-huh. you know, y'all. i don't know i said i didn't pay judicial legislative executive uh-huh. but they and then they they told us who was affiliated of names that we might have heard but never did they go into detail like this lady had like an eight nine page powerpoint uh-huh going mm. through this stuff with these kids and, I and she said like, that the republic that, that the democrats just wanted a handout yeah like i wish Whoa. i'll text it to y'all but it like it blew i'm not her, my I'm, not mind. her I'm not her friend on facebook like i don't know her personally. i have okay i'll have recent take screenshots and i'll share it but i was just like the audacity right like we are our, our kids are already you know first of all i know my kids i don't know about you know other people's kids but my kids literally haven't been anywhere since february like we took them on a quick little trip to oklahoma just so they can get out the house other than that my kids have been in this house and in the backyard so mm-hmm. now you're adding more stress to them when they're already in stressful times like these kids are all like as much as we are stressing as adults Theirs isn't at that level, but they have their own form of stress. And you yeah. just, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Let kids be kids. Let them be kids. Yeah, we had mock elections, but I don't ever remember us voting for people who are actually in offices. Like, we voted we, for. We, we I, remember, I remember doing that. Uh-huh. I, did. I think we voted for, like, class presidents. Who's going to be third grade president? Or. You don't know what you voting for, or who you voting for. Yeah, you, you just, you just, on. yeah, you just voting for who your parents vote for. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my mama said vote for them, but yeah, she mm-hmm. went into a whole spiel, and I was just like, ooh, wait. Mm-mm. But yeah, but I don't know. It's just like the mental health, and I know that growing up, like how you mentioned Toya before, growing up, you know, going to a therapist was a white person thing mm-hmm. you know like oh black people don't go to therapists you just better pray it on out you better mm-hmm. go to that bible and read that bible mm-hmm. y'all y'all better pray for it you know but then mm-hmm. now i'm just like yeah i could pray it out that's cool i believe in god yeah i'm gonna mm-hmm. pray it out but i'm gonna need a quick fix so i'm gonna need to go to a therapist yeah. you know and, and, and I, I feel like i want to normalize black 
people and i feel like black women caught on a little bit more mm-hmm. especially but especially our black men mm-hmm. that going to a therapist and talking it out is nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. you just you know talking it out with someone who is not your family mm-hmm. who are not your friends who are going to agree with your opinion An unbiased part. yeah mm-hmm. it's like okay you sit down and you you talk because i remember when i first went to a therapist and I firstly, I first went, it was a grief counselor. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I was like, whoo, I let all of that out. Because like how we mentioned before, we, when we're around our families, you know, you don't want to tell them how you're feeling because you don't want to bring, you don't want to trigger something. Or mm-hmm. with your friends, because you don't want to be like, okay, well, I'm not having a good day. I need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you don't want to burden, burden them either. Yeah. So then when I went to a therapist, I was like, whoo, this was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I pay for another 30 minutes? Because, you know, it was an hour. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I need to, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's, there's was, nothing wrong with getting your mental in check. Yeah. And that's it. And that's one thing that I'm glad that insurance, like mine, like I had to come out of pocket because I don't have mental health insurance, but I'm just glad that insurance companies are starting to realize that mental health is important Mm -hmm. and that you need to go, like you need to get checked Mm -hmm. mentally. My job offers you. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I don't have mental health. So I had to pay that $80 a yeah. session. Even outside of grieving, like you need it. I know I have, um, when I was searching for a therapist, I think I meet with my first therapy session, therapyforblackgirls.com if you need a therapist. Um, but I, when I was searching for my therapist, I had to find somebody who, because I my anxiety, y'all, and I don't, my anxiety and my stress, like I I get overwhelmed so easily because I feel like I take on everybody's stuff, and then so I'm holding their stuff in to make sure they're okay, and then on top of that, I'm already holding on all my own shitty. Mm-hmm. So I was searching for a therapist, and it like it tells you, okay, what are you, what is affecting you, and then I was like, oh okay, and then I didn't realize I have body dysmorphia or whatever however you say it what body dysmorphia or something Mm -hmm. like that where you look at your body and you think there's something wrong with you and you're not so but so i'm looking and i'm just like okay people look at me like oh you're a size five six you're not fat i look at myself and all i see is rolls and stretch marks and things like that so i'm thinking in my head there's something wrong with my body and there's really not Mm mm-hmm so that's body dysmorphia or something this something like that but mm. so now i'm going to talk to somebody about that too like mm-hmm. nobody knows this but my i have an obsession with my weight and mm-hmm. so i was just like reese this ain't normal mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this ain't normal nobody sits and thinks about how much they ate how it's going to affect their body and every single day nobody mm-hmm. thinks like that mm-hmm. but i do so i was like yeah i got i got to get out of my head but growing up, you're the only one that thinks like that. I'm, you're yeah. definitely not. Yeah, that's what I was like. But growing up, if I would have said that out loud, they would be like, "Girl, just go find something to eat. Ain't nobody worry about you." You like, but don't. But people, to you, yeah. But it was so a big people deal. didn't take it seriously. Like mm-hmm. they were like, "Okay, you skinny. What are you talking about?" Yeah, mm-hmm. to you, I'm skinny, but to me, I see stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. So I need to. And then growing up, you, I like, I didn't realize I could talk to somebody about that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just crazy how mm-hmm. like we it's like we have our own different things, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um that's wrong, but mental health is mental health is real. It, it, it is real and it it affects your body. It ain't just your mental. Like your mental health can break your body down. Down because when I say that when um T passed away, I went into a deep depression. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to a therapist, I'm like, and I told her, I said, well, maybe I'm not depressed because I'm still going to work. I'm still getting up every day, you know? And so she was like, no, she diagnosed me with functional depression. Mm-hmm. She was like, you depressed, but you still go about your day because mm-hmm. I'm not, because when I get up, I cried. Mm-hmm. I cried from the time I got up to the time I hit my parking garage at work. Then I stop crying and mm-hmm. I'm like going about my day. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as I get in my car, I started mm-hmm. crying until I went to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and I did that every, like almost every day for a whole year and a half, mm-hmm. every day for a whole year, whole year and a half. Like I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta get out of it. Like I used to cry mm-hmm. myself to sleep for a whole year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting up and doing what you need to do to function. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like um, I mean, I guess it's not really the same, but I guess it's like people who, you know, you got functional drugs, you got mm-hmm. oh yeah, addicts, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't know that when they leave their job that they're going straight to the liquor store and they just uh drinking their life away for the rest of the day. Man, let me tell y'all. This, so <laughs> at my old job, we had a lady who worked at one of our remote locations, property uh-huh. manager. And for the longest, I was like, yeah, she's a sweetheart, but something's not right. Like I'm having the same conversation with her three times a day. Like, why am I? And then I'm repeating myself. I'm just like, she on something. They're like, no, she just stressed. I was like, you know what? It could be. We, hand- we all handle stress differently. So this whole got fired two, three months ago. And so my old employer is a client. So I, I, every once in a while I go to her office and I help her out. And so come to find out this bank was snorting crack. What? At work. They found her, so her old desk had like this drawer and the drawer had a hidden compartment and they were cleaning up because of COVID and trying to, you know, get thinking about getting new furniture, just cleaning everything out just to get it cleaned up. Yeah. And, he, and the one, the new guy, he pulled the drawer and put it found the plate, the sniffing card, and the straw she cut, and the plate had white residue. I said, I told y'all that heifer was on drugs. Wow! Um, but she was a functioning crooked. She was a function. Dang. Is that crazy? It happens. Yeah, it does happen. It happens, man. You just don't even... know what the person that you're dealing with is going through on a day to day basis. Go ahead, you don't know. To be a functioning alcoholic, and you just don't know it. And that's why know. I say, and I say it all the time. I tell my daddy and him, my siblings all the time, you have to lead with love because you don't know if the last word, you, the what you say to somebody, could be the thing that sets them off. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to make sure every interaction I have with somebody is pleasant. Now, mind you. If you, come at, <laughs> if you come at me with shit, you're gonna uh-huh. leave with shit. You're gonna leave with shit, baby. But I try to make my because I know cause from since my brother committed suicide, I was like, you know what? 
you never know what you can say to somebody that can make them be like, you know what, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to be the person that gave you the. I never want to be that person that make you go off because we were just, I was just talking about that at work. Cause we have a, I have a coworker. I don't think she listened to some of this podcast, but I have a coworker and whew, she's hard to deal with y'all yeah. hard to deal with, yeah. but her mom committed suicide while she was in high school Her dad passed away a year ago and her brother just recently committed suicide. And, but she's so hard to work with, like so hard to work with, like hard. I'm not even going to go into the explanation, but so like, I kind of get with her, not like on purpose, but when she says something to me, I'm like, look, you know? And so we had like this big discussion and, and then after the discussion, you know, I apologized to her and I felt so bad because I don't want my words to be the words that make her go off the end because evidently there's something mentally going on with her family and I don't want to be the one that drives her to that, to the end. So I kind of tread lightly with her, but <laughs> it's yeah. it's hard because it's it like you don't hard. you don't want to be that person, but it's just like, dude, meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not picking up your way that work, but just just meet me halfway, so I won't have to go off on you every day. Yeah. But see, you gotta think about. It. So she's going through her own mental battle. Mm-hmm. She probably can't meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. She's probably giving you everything that she got, and that's what she thinks she's giving everything that she got, and so- she don't. We need to have a continuation of this episode and find like a therapist because I want to know, okay, so if you are going through things and you're giving me everything you've got, why do I have to give more? Why can't you seek help for the little bit that you're not giving and try to do better? Why do I like that saying to who much is given much is required? Why? Why am I required to give so much more? I'm trying to grow as a person. Shouldn't you be trying to grow too? Mm-hmm. But see, okay, but here's the thing. I'm not a therapist, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this person is going through something. They probably don't realize that they need help. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key mm-hmm. is getting them to see that they have a problem and then getting the help that they need. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, because like with her, it's kind of like um, she does this. She does this thing or this report at work, and. You know, like I was like, I'm not supposed to answer the phones at work, right? But I volunteered myself because why am I going to sit up here and let three people answer the phones and the phones are going out of control? And I could sit there and be like, it ain't my job to answer the phones. So, but so then when I start answering the phones, she automatically, oh, well, Jennifer answered the phones now, so I don't got to answer the phones, right? So she works on this report where she's on the phone with these insurance companies for hours and i'm like okay this report ain't necessary like the boss told you that these reports are necessary but you feel that it is necessary and i feel like she's just doing it because she doesn't want to answer the phones right (laughs) petty i know petty and so when i had mentioned it and i was like dude you know like it's well how come you don't answer the phone well i have this long report that i got to get done i'm like well how come you don't ask for help 
Mm-hmm. Right. I say ask for help. Well, I feel like I shouldn't have to ask for help um, because every time I ask for help, the manager, which is the office manager, she feels like she talks to her a certain way. And I'm just like, well, in my head, I'm like, yeah, she does talk to you a certain way. But I'm like, just just ask. I mean, just ask for help. And then we won't come at you like, dude, it's only two of us here. And you the third person and the phones are going off, going crazy. And yeah. I'm not even supposed to answer the phones you are, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just one of those things. But, you know, I kind of digressed because people's mental health and I never want anyone's environment, especially a work environment, because we're there eight hours a day, five days a week yeah. to be to the point where you don't feel comfortable or you hate or you regret coming to work, you know, because you feel that you don't have support in your coworkers. Because Mm -hmm. when her brother passed away and I told her, I said, well, Jess, you know that I, I I mean, you know, my, my brother did not commit suicide, but I know how you feel because you lost your only brother, Mm -hmm. you know, that's it for you. And so, you know, I want to be there for her, you know, but it's just, I don't know. People, people go through. That's why I'm nice to like the cashiers. Like you taking forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. You might be having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Somebody crying at the grocery store because they don't got enough money. Okay, how much you got? I got 20. So I can do, put $20 worth of their groceries on my bill. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, I don't know. It's just that I feel like that's what we need to get back to as when my aunt and uncles or my mom talk about how it used to be in the 70s or even the 80s. The and village, like, yeah. It was like it was like a village, but now people are on two separate sides of the the area. They barely talk to each other, and it's just like people doing their own thing. And mm. I don't get it. Even when we was kids, if we saw any kids playing outside, we all played together. Y'all want to play, play kickball? Y'all want to play tag? Y'all want to play dodge? Y'all want to play dash uh, dodgeball? Yeah, everybody played. Now and nowadays, it's just like. Damn, but the kids don't even play together no more. Mm-mm. I mean, well, I don't know because I don't have kids, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, with the whole grief thing, uh, I'm gonna plug my journal real quick. Go ahead, Jen. But I created a journal called Keep Living, and um, the reason why I created a journal was that um, because. When my brother passed away, I was an advocate for church. Like, not an advocate, but I went to church every Sunday, went to Bible study, was in church. And then when he passed away. And you were pretty active in church, didn't you? I was very active. Like, Mm -hmm. I was, um, I was, um very active in church. Mm -hmm. And then when my brother passed away, I kind of felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt I really felt betrayed because I'm like, what did I do? What did he do? Mm-hmm. You know, like my brother, you know, as an African American male, he wasn't in the streets. Mm-hmm. He didn't sell drugs. He didn't do drugs. He didn't, you know, he didn't have a jail record. You know, he yeah, had kids running all over. Didn't have kids. Nope. He may have had a couple of speeding tickets, but <laughs> we all do. We but all we do. all do. But you know, <laughs> and then when he passed away, I'm like, not saying that my brother was perfect because he was not, because we argued all the time. Mm-hmm. But he was just trying to live life, and mm-hmm. it's just like you just took that away from him, and I didn't understand that. So when I went to, so when I, um, uh, so I stopped going to church because I was angry at God. I was like, "Mm." and I know what I'm about to say is going to be crazy, but this is from the heart. But I was like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
you know, I was so seriously, I was so angry at this person who was supposed to protect us. I prayed for my brother every single day, you know, like I prayed for him, like, you know, thank you for him. Thank you for waking him up, guide him in the direction that he needs to go. And then you took him away. And so um, with that, I was lost for a whole year. I was lost. I was like, oof, I don't want to pray. You were different, Jenny. Yeah, I was, and I was like, I don't even want to even say prayer when I bless my food. I was like, I'm just going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> like when my family prayed, I was like, mm, nope, not praying to him because he took my yeah. brother away from, from me. Yeah. So the only thing that I felt that helped me was I finally got a blank journal from Barnes and Nobles. And actually, first I went to Amazon. I was looking for a just a grief journal, and I didn't find anything. So a lot of them looked corny, if that makes sense. Mm, like you didn't connect with them. I didn't connect, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I should not use corny. No, but, corny, because I'm a little corny. <laughs> <laughs> but, when I, but I was like, this ain't it. So I just went to Barnes & Nobles and got a blank journal and just started writing. It was sometimes where, like, I look back at my journal and I look back and I was like, what in the world was I right? I couldn't, I can't even, I couldn't even read it. Like I can't read it because I was so angry mm-hmm. or there was journal t- a point where I journaled or where I was trying to journal, I wrote the date, but you could tell the pages were wet because mm-hmm. I was crying so more, so hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so I created, and so basically what I did was I decided to create a journal with quotes that helped me make it through my day. So mm-hmm. I had quotes around my apartment, kind of like being, I mean, I was exactly like being Mary Jane. I had these quotes in my in my apartment. And then when people came over, I took them away because I didn't want people to know that I was still grieving. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I took them down. And then as soon as people left, I put them right back up because I was like, I mean, it was like literally everywhere in my apartment because I'm like, I just, I just need, I just need something. So I was just like, man, I want to create a journal. Yeah. I want to create I want to create a journal for people to help them along the way. Um, and so that's what that's what I did with with grief. I put my favorite quotes that I felt that helped me into into a journal. And I said, man, if I can only help one person, I did my job. I literally I literally did my job. And so that's what I did. I created a journal called Keep Living. And because I realized that that's what you had to do. Because I had it like what helped me get through my grief. I mean, I'm still going through it. I had to say, if the roles were reversed, mm-hmm. if I passed away and he was still here, I would want him to do everything possible that he could do in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't cry Mm -hmm. in the beginning, but keep living. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. (laughs) But that's, but I had to do reverse psychology on myself because I'm like, I wouldn't want T to to lay in bed all day. Yeah. Or to cry for me every day. And she doesn't want you to do that either. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I had to tell myself. Like, mm-hmm. can't get get up, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, get up. And so that's why I decided to keep 
to um, create the journal because I want people to understand that, yeah, you grieve, but you also have to keep living for your loved one. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that their memory is, is alive and, you know, because you can't, you can't do the things that God called you to do if you're, if you're just in bed all the time or if you are just feeling so sad for yourself mm -hmm. because your loved one didn't want you to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what allowed me to write this journal. And when I released the journal last Friday, I have my inbox was blowing up. Mm -hmm. and I was so nervous you guys like literally uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> like I was like I don't want to post it like do I really gotta post it <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> because I'm not a poster on social media I'm on social media all the time looking but I don't post on social media and because you know social media is a beast uh -huh. and so and I didn't know what people would say would say about it and so that's why I was like okay I was nervous and my inbox was like, oh my gosh, you don't understand how your story is, is helping others. Even though mm -hmm. I had to, I had to clarify to a lot of people that it's not a book because mm -hmm. I did not write because everybody thought it was a book. And I'm like, no, it's not a book. I'm did, I didn't write a complete book. It's just a journal that I created to help people through their, through their grief. Mm -hmm. I know me personally, and not just because you one of my best friends, but I didn't realize how much I needed it. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I was saying earlier, you go through stuff like with Ralph, I still haven't even grieved. Like I don't think I've even accepted the fact that he's not here anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't realize how much I needed your journal until you told me you were creating the journal. Man. So Sorry about mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think, you know, like you don't like when for me, I don't do things for likes. I don't do things for people, other people, you know, to get clout. If that's mm -hmm. the word that I'm, mm -hmm. that I'm thinking, but I did it just because I'm like, man, this is, this is what, what I wanted, what I want to do. And you know, and I didn't want, because when I decided to do the journal, I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to get rich off of it. And I don't want to get rich off of it. Mm -hmm. So with the, with the money, with the proceeds or the money that I make, I want to create a, a foundation in my brother's name yeah. for baseball, for, for inner, for inner city kids to be able to, you know, go to baseball camp or for them to even pay their $25 registration fee or mm -hmm. for them to get uniforms. And that's where the money is going. It's not going, in my, it's not going in my pocket. So when you, and we can wrap it up after this, but when you created it, like you said, you weren't creating it for profit. You were creating it because you knew people would need it. Uh -huh. Like, and people go through a grieving process, you know, uh, that's unfortunately it's a part of life when you lose loved ones mm -hmm. but you just created a space for people who of those 230,000 that we've lost to COVID mm -hmm. you just created a space for them to be able to figure out how to get through this while still living in this pandemic that's what you did yeah. I, I told her the same thing the other mm -hmm. day. Like, you you dropped this at the right time. I was like, 2020 has been a bitch. Mm 
Mm-hmm. People have uh-huh. lost loved ones to COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, and other medical reasons. I mean, like mm-hmm. your came out at the right time. Like, Things are aligned. It was the time it was supposed to be dropped. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Man. Well, with that, <laughs> I want to say thank you, Jennifer, because of you, I'm going to be able to figure this stuff out in my head. But I also want to say that, you know, if you are listening and you feel like you need to figure things out and you need help figuring things out, don't hesitate to reach out. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And black, the ladies of Black Vibes and Wine are here. We here. You know, we am us. Yes, we always, we, we go through things. And grief, it's not just about death, you know? It's, it's about, you know, losing a relationship that you were in for, for years or a job that you were in for years. Or a friendship, a connection. Mm-hmm. A grief, connection. Grief over any loss. Mm-hmm. And your loss, no, it's, there's no loss greater than another. Mm-hmm. There's no loss greater than another. You know, none. Even though if you feel, even if you feel alone, you still are not alone, mm-hmm. even if you feel it, because I felt that I was alone, even though my best friend, mm-hmm. she lost her brother as well, mm-hmm. but I thought I was alone. Mm-hmm. So You are not alone. Yeah. Yeah, ladies, well, so that was good. Yeah, so you guys take care of yourselves, and until next time, we're going to get through this damn election. Mm-hmm. Uh, either either way it goes, unfortunately, we're we gonna be it. all right. We gonna be in the worst of that Kendrick is crazy. Lamar. That is Ralph's song. Oh, he see he's speaking to us right now. He's like, You gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. Yeah, keep we gotta keep living. living. You can buy the journal on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jennifer R. Fennell, F-E-N-N-E-L-L, mm-hmm. and Jennifer with one name. Well, what N? I mean, when what N? I said one name. That's that godly one. That's that godly one talking. Like, seriously, uh, that's that godly one. But yes, on Amazon, keep living a journal for healing through your grief. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Peace. Well, guys, we just wanted to thank you for joining us today. And until next time, be true, be you, and keep fighting. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to go follow us on all social media outlets under Black Vibes and Wine. Also, be sure to go follow our beat maker, Stacy, at stacy.h.beats on Instagram. And that's S T A C E Y. See you guys on the next episode.